All right, my friends, welcome back to Your Bible Book by Book. I am Pastor Luke, and this is the book of Daniel. Uh, Daniel is one of the most read, most interesting, um, and most beloved uh, of the prophets of the Old Testament. And uh, part of the reason for that is uh, the first half of the book is uh, the, the fantastic stories, the, the faith stories of Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the miracles that happen in their lives to spare them from certain death and how God intervenes in, in powerful ways. And so uh, we love to read Daniel. We love the first half of Daniel, especially because of that. Um, and so people are generally pretty familiar with Daniel. And, and on top of that, uh, Daniel has so much um, very important prophecy that uh, gives us a, a clearer, clearer understanding of Revelation, of the book of Revelation, that uh, it is studied in depth uh, quite a bit by those who study prophecy. And so uh, Daniel has a, a lot of, of value that it adds to uh, the life of the church, life of every believer. Um, and so a, as you read through Daniel, one of the things that you might miss is, is that there are a, a lot of hidden uh, things in Daniel that uh, we miss because they um, are... Two, for two reasons. One is the language. We read it in English, and so we don't see the, the languages as they were written. Um, the other thing is that we also miss some of the literary features that are used in the book of Daniel that are actually used in a lot of the books of the Bible. The, a lot of the Bible writers used literary features that um, we don't tend to use anymore. Um, we tend to read uh, from the Western culture especially, uh, very linearly from beginning to end. Um, but the uh, Jewish culture and Semitic cultures, ancient cultures, had a lot of different ways of uh, bringing about meaning and points that they were trying to make. Um, and one is called a chiasm. Um, and so I want to explain just a couple of things in Daniel that uh, are, are very interesting that help you to understand what really is uh, the point? What is Daniel driving to? Um, and so first of all, uh, you have a chiasm in the first half of the book of Daniel. It starts in chapter 2. So the outline is kind of like this. You have chapter 1, which is the introduction. Um, chapter 2 through 7 is the beginning of a, or is a chiasm. And the chiasm is, think of it as an X. Um, Basically, chapters 2 and 7 um, are correlated together. They have the, the same um, basic meaning, or they're, they're very similar in, in what their content is. Chapters 3 and 6, again, are pointing to each other, and then chapters 4 and 5 are pointing to each other. And so what happens in a chiasm is that uh, the middle section is where X marks the spot. That's the section uh, that the meaning is really pointing to. And the meaning in chapters four and five is uh, really about prideful kings, okay, and uh, how God is the king and he is the ruler. And so in Babylon, so Daniel um, is uh, the one of the first um, groups of people, in the first groups of people to be exiled to Babylon so in 605 B.C., uh, Jerusalem is uh, conquered by Babylon, 
and uh, there is a group of, of young rulers and, and the elite of Jerusalem and the, the elite of Israel that are taken to Babylon into exile. Uh, Daniel's in that group along with his friends. And uh, the, the, ru- the ruler, the king, is Nebuchadnezzar. And, and so um, what you see in the book of Daniel is that God is pointing to his authority, that he gives Nebuchadnezzar the, the ability and the uh, permission, basically, to rule. But it's really at God's uh, behest that God is the one who is in charge. And, and Nebuchadnezzar and the other kings are simply his tools or his vessels. They don't know that. They don't necessarily understand that. Um, but God is going to make sure that that point is understood through the book of Daniel. And so that's what uh, the chiasm helps to do is it points to who truly is the main character. When you when you read Daniel, you might think Daniel's the main character. Um, then you have all these other really interesting characters that come about and uh, they seem to take prominence. But they're all pointing to the, the reality that uh, the whole Bible really points to, which is that uh, the, the main character in Scripture, and especially in Daniel, but in all Scripture, is God. He is the primary character. He is the one that is being exemplified and glorified and uh, where our attention is being drawn to. And so uh, the chiasm in Daniel helps to uh, highlight that reality, that God is in charge. He's the king. Uh, no matter how powerful these foreign kings may seem, um, they are really just, they are servants of God, um, even if they don't know that. Um, and so that's what the chiasm does. And then the other feature I said has to do with language. And the, the language in Daniel is very unique because in chapter 1, we start with the Hebrew language, which most of the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. And then in chapter 2, verse 4, um, it begins to use Aramaic, and which is the language of the uh, Babylonians. Um, and then it continues in Aramaic all the way through chapter 7. Um, and then from chapter 8 all the way to the end of the book, it uh, reverts back to Hebrew. Um, and people you know, speculate a lot about why that is. Um, but the, the reason we think um, Daniel does this, because... No other book of the Bible does that. They might use Aramaic um, words here and there, um, but uh, primarily uh, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew and the New Testament is written in uh, what we call Koine Greek or Common Greek. Um, So the fact that uh, you have Aramaic being used in this book uh, seems to be for a very particular purpose. And the the idea is that, uh, that the witness or the testimony of Daniel, his life and his story um, to the Babylonians uh, needs to be grasped or understood by that foreign people, that he's very intentional about making sure that they uh, can recognize that God is to be glorified um, through his story. And his story uh, has everything to do with simply being faithful to God in, in light of um, persecution, that uh, everywhere you look in Daniel, he and his friends um, are seeking simply uh, to be faithful to God. It puts them at odds with their culture um, and with the kings and the rulers of their day, 
And uh, even though it may seem to uh, potentially cost them their lives, they, they will continue to be faithful because, again, God is the main character. He is the one that is being highlighted. And so uh, they put themselves at great risk over and over uh, because God is to be honored above every danger, every situation, every circumstance. And so that gets highlighted through the first half of the book of Daniel. Um, and then when it reverts back to Hebrew, uh, what you see is there is a very particular um, uh, series of prophecies, uh, visions, and uh, revelations, and they're, they're apocalyptic um, it, that Daniel receives from God. Now, um, uh, it's a, just a little bit unfair to say that the first half is narrative and the second half is prophecy because there's prophecy all the way through the book of Daniel, uh, very profound prophecy, actually, it, beginning in chapter 2 uh, with the, the statue that Nebuchadnezzar dreams and then Daniel interprets um, with the head of gold and the uh, chest of silver and uh, going on down that is uh, eventually crushed by the giant rock uh, that, that is not cut by human hands um, and then becomes a mountain. Um, and what that is, um, which is then... Uh, given more understanding um, later on in the book of Daniel as he sees the, the beasts revealed, uh, what you see here is that God is revealing that he is not only the, the main character, but he also has a plan for all of history in that uh, the, the kingdoms that rise and fall, um, that he, he knows exactly, and he's, he's planning and moving history forward into uh, his ultimate conclusion, his ultimate conclusion is that there will be a Messiah, Jesus, and uh, not only will he come and uh, provide the, sal the salvation, the sacrifice, the, uh, the atonement that we need uh, in his death on the cross, but uh, ultimately that he is prophesying the second coming of Christ, the return of Christ, and his rule on the earth. Um, and that um, is very profoundly and, and powerfully uh, portrayed throughout Daniel that uh, there will be a kingdom that is going to overtake the entire earth. So uh, sometimes the mountain or the, the rock that gets hewn and uh, um, crushes the statue is seen as Jesus' first coming, that it's the church, um, which I think is not a, a good interpretation because as you understand the uh, rise and fall of these kingdoms, um, that the, the, the kingdom that's going to come, that's going to become a mountain, is going to crush the other uh, kingdoms to dust, and, and they won't even be recognized anymore. Well, uh, what we see in, in the world in the first coming of Christ is that uh, we have a subculture of the church, a counterculture of the church, uh, that we trust in Jesus by faith, and, and we are uh, understood as being part of a new uh, kingdom, that we have a, a home that is in heaven, uh, but that we still belong to these other uh, nations, these other um, uh, countries, and citizenship on this earth is still um, to be seen in, in all these different ways, but uh, we believe deep in our hearts that we are citizens of another country. Well, uh, what the, the prophecy in Daniel is pointing to is that uh, there will be a day when that kingdom, the kingdom of God on the earth, is going to take over and crush and, and completely 
um, overtake every kingdom that exists on the earth. Uh, that is seen uh, in the second coming of Christ in the millennial reign of Jesus on the earth. And so uh, Daniel uh, is pointing to all these things. This is why Daniel has to be read and understood and interpreted for a, a better understanding of the book of Revelation because uh, they are uh, overlapping in so many ways uh, what's going to happen in the end times, that uh, there will be uh, the rise and fall of kingdoms, but ultimately God's plan is going to prevail. And so the point or the moral of the story is uh, really that no matter where you find yourself on that time continuum, uh, that our goal is to be faithful to God because he is going to rule and reign uh, for all eternity. And whether we put ourselves at risk, uh, not that we seek to be troublemakers, but that when we uh, attribute our, our uh, selves to him, when we, when we give our, our allegiance to him, when we give our faithfulness to him, um, he's going to prevail, and uh, we can trust that his plans will certainly succeed. And so uh, what Daniel uh, points to and reveals um, is, is something unique, which is that Daniel always um, was rescued by God, be- and, and so were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because of that faithfulness. Um, and while we uh, appreciate you know, the miracles that happen on his behalf, uh, we also know that that was not necessarily a guarantee or promise for uh, the Jewish people or for God's people, the church, um, for all, all, all of the ages that uh, we may put ourselves at risk and may be persecuted. And the early church saw that. Um, and, and not only the early church, but uh, even our day, uh, there's been more persecution of the church in the last century than in all the previous centuries combined. Um, and so just because Daniel uh, prevailed and was rescued and was spared um, did not necessarily mean that that was a promise for every faithful believer. But uh, ultimately what we see is that God will prevail uh, over all and that your kingdom is, uh, is an eternal kingdom in that uh, if, even if you had to, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, uh, even if they give their lives, that that, that would be worth uh, giving your life to uh, because uh, there's something that is eternal beyond this world and that God is in charge of it. And so uh, Daniel points to all these things in uh, very uh, unique ways, very powerful ways. And I would, again, as always, um, encourage you to read it for yourself and enjoy your Bible book by book.